Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It's Wednesday, May 23. Welcome to The Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Jafet de Oliveira. Jafet, why don't you start us with prayer? Yeah. Heavenly Father, just uh, thank you for the middle of the week so far and uh, ask the Lord for a blessing on today. Bless us as we read this scripture again, reflect on it some more and ask for a fresh insight and uh, application to our lives in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Okay. I'm reading from Romans 1, 18 through 32. It's the English Standard Version again. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Okay. Okay. All right. And here's our recalibrate question for today. Uh, and if you haven't read The Daily Walk, I encourage you to do so. It's uh, really worthwhile. It's at boulder.church forward slash daily. A recalibrate question. Why is a punishing and vindictive God seemingly so attractive to some faith traditions? Why is a punishing and vindictive God seemingly so attracted to some faith traditions? When I would, I would add to that, maybe not just faith traditions, but individual people, because I think individually some people seem to like that more than others. It made <laughs> me think of... Do you remember, what was that church that a few years ago, it had very few members. They were all part of the same family, more or less. But they would pick at funerals with signs that said, God hates you. Oh, I don't remember this. It was a very, it was a big deal. What was interesting about it is that one of their young members who'd basically been born into this church and brought up in it, she did all of their web material. Mm. She was something of a web wizard. But a lot of people um, kind of understanding that it wasn't totally her fault that she was this way, that she'd been brought up in this, and that the people who loved her and nurtured her were quite hateful people. They continually reached out to her and tried to have conversations with her. Long story short, she ended up renouncing 
all of that. And she's a much different person today. I read a long article about it maybe a year or two years ago. Mm. It was really interesting. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, the punishing and vindictive, is it just personality that some people like the idea of bad things happening to their enemies or, or even just people they don't like? Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of part of it is that I think that there's also, I mean, there's a lot to be said of us placing our own interpretation of who God is all the time on who God actually really is. And Paul's trying to wrestle through this and, and explain to us as clearly as possible uh, a different image of God, a more faithful image to God and remove all this kind of baggage away from the things that we have of God. But but this this word, the, the phrase right at the beginning here, for the wrath of God, uh, it's, it's a heavy phrase that's uh, laden down with so many different images that we have. And some people, some people in some faith traditions really do like this idea of a very, very oh. powerful th- God who's like got lightning and it's zapping people all the time and, and taking people out. And I can know. understand that if um, the people who are being taken out are the perpetuators of a genocide or something, mm. you know, there have been immensely evil things that have happened throughout the history of the world. But this text doesn't even really seem to be talking about those things. I mean, amongst the list of of the terrible acts include things like being disobedient to your parents. I mean, I don't know of anybody who really wants to see massive vengeance against, you know, like a four-year-old, yeah, for and instance. Yeah, and the text actually isn't saying that this is even this is not even the wrath of God. This text is just saying, actually, this is just... These are the things that people are, things, are doing. These are the reality of what's going on when people make choices about what they do. Well, and, I mean, I get that none of these the things, are, they're not on. good yeah. things. Yeah. But um, I suppose what I'm saying, I do understand that the idea that the, uh, that the concept of justice is attractive to people, that you like to feel that people can't just do horrible things and get away mm. with it scot-free. But I think where it gets a little sticky for me is the idea of wanting people punished just because they choose lifestyle things that are different than what you would do maybe or things that don't seem to me to be overwhelmingly evil. They don't fit into the evil box, <laughs> you know? Yes, yeah. Because um, a lot of things don't. There's not necessarily... There are things that definitely go in the evil box and things that go in the saint box and then there's a whole a bazillion things that don't fit clearly into and, either one of those. And and there comes the question which we'll, we which we will address obviously as we go through the whole book of Romans uh, as to who decides what is in the evil box and what is well, not inside the yeah, evil box and what is point. good and what's not good and and, uh, and who gets to determine that this is this is actually appropriate or not. But when defining uh, the wrath of God and when trying to understand the wrath of God and and in human terms because that's the other thing as well that I think is very important when reading the Bible is that we are always reading it through the lens of the men and the men and women who were living uh, at that time, the context of that at that time, and they're trying to express their relationship in story form. You know, I think that the fact that the Bible was written in so much, so much of the Bible is written in story form, is really important to remember that that they want to tell us about a relationship that they have with God, a relationship that God has with them. And through those moments of time, those glimpses, those snapshots, this is who God is. But I think that uh, I think that the vindictiveness of, of God, the attractiveness of that, is that because people also want to receive some kind of uh, punishment for others. But they also there are personalities who need to receive some kind of punishment themselves, mm-hmm. um, and they want to you know feel like well, you know I did some wrong, so if I can 
take on some kind oh, of Oh, maybe like just needing to be able to explain why things have happened, mm-hmm. why you're sick or why you lost yeah, yeah, your job yeah. or yeah. whatever. And, and yet, but yeah, that maybe even having an explanation, even one that it's like God's out to get you, it feels better than not knowing why. Yeah. And, you know, death is always very difficult for every single person to be able to process what, you know, when, when death happens, why it happens, what age it happens at. Um, it's always very painful, very, very, very complicated. And then who decides, how that decides, you know, the, the control of life, it's really difficult. And so when things are, are painful, uh, people want some kind of like justice to be done. They want some kind of human form of justice, like an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so I think this actually plays into our desire for seeing some kind of thing inside here. And we place this onto religion and then we say, this is exactly what God is like. That's why there's this tension all the time between God and God being this God of love that actually is not involved in anything and a God of wrath who's like wasting every single person. And there's these two extreme pictures that, that uh, exist out there. And there's got to be a third way. Hmm. That Paul, I think, is trying to pull us all the way through here. Uh, through the whole book of Romans and uh, actually all the gospel writers and uh, through the Bible as well, but doing as well. But I think that this uh, attractiveness here is is not just uh, something that we do of God. I think this is something we do of each other as well. So today, uh, Wednesday, as you guys are moving around in your communities, in your life, as you start to think about the character of God, you start to think about the God you know, Ask yourself, you know, why is this punishing vindictive God attractive to you or attractive to people you know? And is there something you can do to kind of remove that image? Uh, Is there something you can do to kind of break that image away? Because that is not what Paul is saying God is. He's not irrational. He's not vindictive. He's not not out there just to punish people. He's far, far, far from that. Uh, And yet somehow it's attractive. So what can we do to be able to move that image away? Look after each other, live love, and we'll connect tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.